Recorded by a friendly alien on a vintage speaking spell in the Coast City Comics basement, this is Um Actually Comics for March 17th, 2021. Good evening, Bob. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing quite well. I'm really stoked about these books Turning today. Turning it right around. I, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I'm like, this is a very small week of books. Like, it looks like nothing came out. And my stack of books was enormous. And I was really pleased with a gigantic portion of what I had. Um, yeah. So much. So much stuff that I'm really stoked about. So I guess we should probably just talk about it. Um, yeah. Go straight through. Uh, so Abbott, 1973, number three is out. Uh, yeah. In in order, I have to make sure that I mention that we have these two Tamagotchis because they're amazing. Um, <laughs> somehow the Tamagotchi brand still exists and they're releasing like anime specific tamagotchis so we have the uh the evangelion one where you raise an eva and we've got the uh the demon slayer <laughs> one where you raise a demon how could you not love that they're amazing uh but yeah in in the world of comical books we have uh, a batman beyond trade number eight we've got the uh neil adams batman razal ghoul number five of six and we have one of the craziest covers Dude, one of them. Oh, dude, I forgot to do a video. All of them are crazy. All of them, all of them's crazy. Oh no, nah, that's okay. Do a video. God maybe I'll it. do one. Who knows? Maybe, yeah, you should do one. Maybe I'll get bored and do one. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, what we have for our first new number one here is Bequest, the Tim Seeley and uh, Freddie Williams book. This is an interesting thing. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea, um, but it is. It's very. It's very Tim Seeley. Uh, it. I'm honestly, if you know Tim Seeley well enough, you would pretty much. And if I were to say, uh, modern meets Dungeons and Dragons with Tim Seeley, and at the end they w- wind up fighting white supremacists, and it's drawn by the guy that drew uh, uh, the Turtles Batman cross. Batman Turtles. You'd pretty much go okay. I think I. I think I know what's going on here, and <laughs> and it's good, you know. I mean, it 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 is a good book. It's it is very D and D. Like it's it's got it almost the characters feel so D and D that it almost feels like uh, grown up versions of the D and D cartoon. So, which is for me the best D and D is the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Yeah. To the point to the point where I uh, I actually sent a message to uh, the head of IDW telling him that he was foolish to not be running a, a book based on the on the cartoon instead of the... And I was like, you're leaving money on the table, buddy. What the fuck's going on? Uh, yeah. And it's well, prob- is it a different... I wonder it's probably licensing, is- I think, I think was the deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we got a trade of Bill and Ted Are Doomed, which is awesome. Uh, awesome. Very excited for that. Uh, the Evan Dorkin, Bill and Ted book. And we have another number one, which is from Marvel, which I would not in a million years have thought that I would have been interested in. 
think I may have said this before about a Black Knight comic, but here is Black Knight, Curse of the Ebony Blade. Um, yeah, you did say it about the Black Knight King in Black, which is yeah. by the exact same creative team. Mm. And that might be why. This is interesting. I, yeah, it's really I, good. I don't care about this character, but this made me this made me care about him. Um, and there's well, some there's, interesting there's permutations. Lot, it, sorry, I will oh, no, inter- no, no. interject. There's a like essentially like it's it's the same character that was in the Avengers before, but like yes. the characterization of him is like way different in this. Uh, like when he was in Avengers, he was just kind of like a like a just like a Johnny Blaze kind of like badass like right go getter kind of guy, and then this one he's like he he talks in the like Black Knight rides to aid thee and like this whole shit. Uh, well, and but, Thor talks really weird in this too. Um, that's what's weird about it is that but, his he does talk like that, but he also talks he also speaks. I feel like as soon like the the Ebony Blade is kind of like. The more he's like in his uh, in his magical shit, the more he gets his these and thous, and then the less he's in it, the more he's just like a normal dude. And you know, Thor, I think Thor that, comes yeah. across telling him that he's like a total pretentious turd, and that he's also like yeah. he's too proud. <laughs> which you know, the thing with Thor is that's weird for me is the like the cartoon swear squiggle stuff that they yeah. did with the dialogue with him he's like fuck this guy or whatever and it's just kind of like <laughs> thor really but um but i think what's going on is that dane whitman the black knight is yeah. like he's a normal guy but then he's trying to like basically like show these superheroes that he is not like completely lost to the weird dark mythology of this ebony blade and so he's putting right. on this whole forsooth lo i've come from the skies um, but there's a that, moment yeah, with him at the be. very, that's crazy. Uh, and it, like, I would say like the, the second half of it, that that's like the first half is like him and the Avengers kind of doing superhero shit. And right. then where the story really gets good to me is the second half when he's doing his home shit and you get his supporting cast, which includes yeah. a ambulatory goat man and, yes. uh, and like assistant that's like really good with computers and stuff. And yeah, it's cool. I like, no, it, it really, it honest to God is cool. And I, yeah. out of nowhere would not, would not have ever imagined. Um, BPRD devil, you know, omnibus hardcover <laughs> is out. Uh, and there's some is, God Davis stuff. Yeah. Uh, and also Good. Captain America tribute. Number one, this is not the greatest Captain America comic in the world. It is simply a tribute. Yeah. It's like that. Like they did one with giant size X-Men where it was yep. like, just like every page is a different artist and they're just kind of like recreating these, like in this one, it's two comics. It's the first Captain America, which is probably only like eight pages. So they had to do a second story. Yep. And that ends up being the cat meets the Avengers from Avengers four. Um, I mean, it's a cool idea. If it's your book, it's got a lot of good art, but it was, but it's also $7. <laughs> oh, she's yeah. Is not anybody's book. Let's face it. That is too much. They, they <laughs> went too far. And I think that was one of those ones where like when I bought it, when I, when I ordered it, it was probably like three ninety nine or four ninety nine. And they were like, correction, this book, like, you know, like later on in a fucking email, they're like, by the way, it's actually eight bucks or whatever. And I'm like, fuck you. 
<laughs> I would have ordered Oops. two. Uh, but oops, all dollars. <laughs> uh, oops, diamond keeps fucking up in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. see. Captain Marvel number twenty-seven is out. This was uh, interesting. I did not buy this comic. I didn't did read it. I didn't even look at it. I I looked There's at the cover a, and I was like, this cover is really cool. Actually, it's a great cover. I that's why I, I think that's why I looked at it. I was like, this is cool, and it's drawn by. Uh, David Lopez, who's that guy that's like really awesome, but he draws people's eyes really far apart for some reason. So it's mm. like really weird. Um, we've talked about him before. I think Wait, he is Buffy. he the guy that he's not the guy that did uh, did She Hulk? Is he? He might. No, that's know. Javier Polito. Uh, he draws no, people's uh, eyes really far apart. Well, this so does this guy. It's like his the eyes are so far apart. It made me not want to buy the comic book. But the. Um, sorry this is like a weird aesthetic thing but yeah, like yeah. hey what the, what the hell you gotta have criteria so yes. anyway uh yeah there's like a uh there's a hookup between two uh major league marvel characters <laughs> in that that is kind of like what if you're like if you're a marvel cinematic universe follower and follow the comics that have those characters like you might check out this captain marvel you might you might find something interesting there also, there's qu- there's quite a sexy Namor on the cover. Uh, <laughs> like that cover. Actually, I think everyone is in it. It's got like a ton of cameos. Yeah, yeah. It's... Which is actually kind of true of like every Marvel book that I saw this week. There's crazy cameos about. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Catwoman number 29 is out. That's a fun one. Loved it. Great Jenny Frizzone it, no, it's so good. B cover too the uh the new villain is badass like great character design really cool i don't know what the if they're calling this character like a it's like an assassin with this like um kind of like hexagonal like uh shimmer armor that like makes it so she can't be identified but she's like she's badass and then but also it's if you're fixing for like poison ivy riddler like it's there the the subplot of this is that this assassin character is like killing the trying to kill the riddler and so it's a catwoman riddler team up but then poison ivy is involved and the story was really good this is rob b and fernando blanco uh which i was following this book before um and it's real good it's real good it's very like it's cool i would highly highly recommend it it's a great jumping on point that's another one where it's just like god damn it if rob v's on it i want to read it like yeah 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 rob v fucking rocks amazing uh, another great one this week, uh, Champions number five. This is the this is nice. the big the great escape from Cradle, the child mm. superhero prison that Roxon has created. There's an awesome fucking. There's a really really good little tag to the end of this for where they're going with the rest of the series with nice. what Miles Morales is going to be doing uh going forward and it's awesome and i'm really excited about it and uh yeah i i can't wait but i flipped through it it had great art too cool champions just it's the most it's the most true like marvel like ultra ultra liberal like uh doing the (laughs) like doing the social justice stuff and it's it's just fun it's really fun it embraces what it is very (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very cleanly uh creeps number 30 awesome shit i forgot to look at it damn 
real good. Critical Role, Chronicles of Exandria, Might 9, Deluxe Edition Hardcover. Thank God I made it through that whole thing. I think I got it all. <laughs> um, this is This is an insane collection. This is like... This is like one of those things that's like a really high Kickstarter reward. Uh, you know, it's like it's a slipcase that has maps and photos and like letters, and it's all part of uh, Critical Role's second D and D campaign. It's just like it's all of the all sorts of really weird extraneous shit alongside the hardcover. Really cool, and the the nice. slipcase, which is less a slipcase and more of an actual box to contain all of this stuff, also really gorgeous. I mean, it's 125 bucks, so it damn well better be gorgeous. But it is, if yeah. you're if you're super into this, it is like it, it's pretty great. It's it's one of the better better presented packages of stuff I've seen like this. Um, Daredevil, yeah. the Chip Zdarsky Heaven Through Hell hardcover is out. Obviously, everyone knows that's amazing, but what you don't know is amazing is EC Comics Psychoanalysis comic books. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. There's a hardcover awesome. collection of these. I'm really happy about this. Like, uh, they were really like he- hesitant about releasing all of the obscure EC shit at Dark Horse, like they were like, uh-huh, we'll do Tales from the Crypt and Suspense, uh, you know, and so like the weird medical ones weren't getting released. I don't really care if they release all the Noah's Ark stuff, that can kind of go away, but like, <laughs> holy shit, the psychoanalysis ones are amazing. We had we had the, the Gladstone reprint yeah. issues, so I read them, and they are fascinating. Like, it's it's really, it's really fun stuff. Yeah, it's really like a lot of this stuff ends up being like kind of like when you realize like how fucked those guys got like nobody was doing cool shit like like EC and like if they hadn't been like it's like when everybody like goes off on video games now and it's just like don't do it like don't fucking ruin video games forever (laughs) like you did comics like right you know with your frontline combat and you're like all these like Harvey Kurtzman things that were like literally just like maps to like making sick ass fucking comics and then it's like it ends up being like as much as I love this shit like the fucking oh no what wacky problem has Jimmy Olsen created this month (laughs) you know it's like that's like what you got instead it's like no they were doing comics about fucking psychoanalysis (laughs) they're doing comics about medical Absolutely. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of this stuff and they're releasing all of these. But what's really amazing about psychoanalysis, the, the four issues that they made of this comic, is that I think in each one of these comics, there are stories written by fucking Daniel Keyes, who wrote Flowers for Algernon. So like, oh, wow, like if the amount of Daniel Keyes stuff you're going to find out there in the world is not is fairly limited and so getting this is kind of <laughs> kind of crazy yeah so if you're somebody who wants hey, that stuff that's where it is yeah definitely that's super cool you know i, I didn't i i don't didn't find a, a way to like let you know about this but i bought that fantastic adventures comic from you a little while ago oh, and I yeah like a couple panels of it on the i ended up getting a few more issues of that and one of them has this weird 
uh it's all so what it is is it's a comic that came out in the 60s and then it reprints comics that came out in the 50s and it's all just like each one is like a specific issue and i won't go down the road too too far on this but one of them is this thing and it's this kid and this ghost cop and a gorilla and they team up and it's written by mickey spillane are you fucking kidding, <laughs> kidding. me? <laughs> I like Googled it and it was like written by Mickey Spillane. And I was like, what the what? fuck? One yeah, of Mickey Spillane's famous ghost gorilla team up comics. <laughs> it's a ghost. It's a just it's a regular, <laughs> regular cop ghost who is a ghost. Oh, so oh, like the basically. Cop is a, okay, I'm sorry. I thought the there were three separate people. He's <laughs> No, no, it's it's a kid. So it's if like they basically were, if like, they were all like, the same person, I would be into that. He's a ghost, <laughs> oh, a cop and a gorilla. That is that's the oh, yeah. that's the hat trick right there. No, no, it's it's a kid, a ghost cop and a gorilla <laughs> and they team up to fight bad guys. But like the kid so the kid is like very much like Billy Batson like yeah. with no superpowers and then the ghost cop is just a regular cop. So it's just like if like Jim Corrigan became the Spectre but like didn't have any powers, he was just a ghost and still a cop. Right? And then but like he, still, still drawing down a pension from the from the police department. <laughs> yeah, no, he's I'm still... <laughs> almost. He's like got the uniform. He's just like a regular cop, but he's a ghost. And then what he ends up doing is like helping the kid by like like the kid is like there's like this one scene where the kid is like punching. I think he's punching the gorilla, and like the cop is punching the gorilla, and he's like, just pretend you're punching it, so it looks like. And it's like, yeah, okay, it totally looks like this kid's beating up a gorilla. <laughs> but it's wow. written by Mickey Spillane, which is why I f- went down the rabbit hole because you were talking Man. about um, the science fiction. Yeah, that breaks anyway, my brain. Sorry, I'll I stop love talking. that. If you if you ever see that's amazing. a copy <laughs> of uh, Fantastic Adventures, just buy it. Man, just sight unseen, just buy it. It's now a, I'm mad that I sold it to you. I <laughs> know you should be. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> you oh, thought it was shit. just garbage, and then you're yeah. like, and that one, the one that you sold me, is the one with the one where it's like too high to die, and she like crawls up on the. This woman is crawled yeah. up on the bridge. She's gonna kill herself. And yep. This guy's like, it's all this like two fisted He Man. It's called He Man Adventures. Yep. But it's like a reprint of He Man Adventures in this the just i don't know whatever anything like i got the last one i got that i've been able to find there's i found four so far the last one i got was uh, just an adaption of the invisible man hg wells it's like huh. okay sure yeah, that's cool it's not but it's not the best one of the series but doesn't uh, sound like it yeah anyway there's more comics <laughs> that came out this week that we can actually buy they're really probably they're talk about really are um not the least of which being an eight dollar gi joe comic guys stop it Stop it with the eight dollar comics, please. Yeah. I would like to. I would like to continue to have a store, and if you keep releasing eight dollar comics, it's probably not going to last long. Uh, but it's a one shot, so somebody might want it. We got Goon Trade Paperback Volume Three: Fishy Men, Witchy Women, and Bitter Beer. Awesome. <laughs> God, damn is this it. the Roger Language this, run? Yeah, this is the uh, this is the current ongoing series, nice. which is wonderful, and I think. I, at this point, I'm as much as I love issues of Goon, I think I'm pretty much all trades for the stuff, personally. Yeah. Um, well, this might be the one that Roger Langridge and Mike Norton did. I'm not sure. But I think it is. Um, yeah, yeah. They did the last arc, so I would assume that would be the one that would be collected. Yeah. It's really good. Yep. It's actually as Goon as Eric. It's almost as Goon as Eric Powell. 
I mean, yeah, obviously, I you mean, can't. that is a perfect team. That is like a yeah. crazy perfect team. Uh, yeah. Headlopper number fifteen is out. Uh, cool. Uh, this latest four issue. This is the third of the latest four issues, and I actually I think it's my favorite four issues based on the first three. Like I love this this particular specific arc. It's really good. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, we've got Hotline Miami Wildlife number seven of eight. This series wrapping up now. Um, we have uh, some of these are reprints. I think there might be one of these might be a, a, a new one. I can't remember what's what, but uh, A.J. Culbard uh, oh. has a, a series of of H.P. Lovecraft adaptations and uh, and also I'll just skip to that as well. It's he has the Lovecraft stuff and he also did the King in Yellow, which is like a nice Lovecraftian, I guess, story. I, I think it predates Lovecraft, so I, I think it's weird that it's called Lovecraftian, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. I might have that. I might have that ass backwards, but uh hmm. I tried to read it once and could not make it through because <laughs> it was just, I'd heard that it was like this really, really like strange, crazy story. And there are all these things about it, about how it affected the way that weird fiction was written. And I was like, I should really check this thing out. I made it about halfway through, which I think is like one and a half of the three stories that were in it. And I was like, nope, done. But his versions of these are super fun, so I think I'm going to read his version of King in, in Yellow so that I can just yeah. en- enjoy it in something that's not quite as as dry as the original version was. Totally. But yeah, I'm going to get all four of these. Like, they're yeah. affordably priced. They're, like, that kind of, like, kids' trade size, Yep, which they're is all, really nice. They're all $13.99, and uh, he did uh, The Case of Charles Dexter Ward, the Dream Quest of the Unknown Kadath, uh, and Shadow Out of Time. And so those those are the three Lovecrafts that we got this time. I know he's done more than that. I'm 99% sure. But, yeah, I uh, think the one that I got is there was like a full-size graphic novel, and he did like three or four of those. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I bought two of them, and I don't think either of them is one of the four that came out today. I'm I'm – Ninety nine percent sure that he did the Dunwich Horror, he must have. Yeah, but I'm gonna Google this while we continue to talk. Fair enough. Uh, I walk with monsters. Number four uh, is out, and that series is fun. I I'm not following yeah. it anymore, but I really enjoyed the first two issues, so it's good. Um, Invader Zim Quarterly. This is a great comic. I just want to shout this out because I feel like a lot of people are not paying attention to this book for some reason. It's it is very like it's about as good as it's going to get. The the artist is like very very true. It's like it's about as close as you're going to get to having like the creator come back, to having Joan and Vasquez show up and do Invader Zim stories. Um Iron Fist, Heart of the Dragon, number three. Is Ooh, out. This, so 
when we were talking about uh, fun cameos, uh, this I love this Larry Hama Iron Fist comic. It's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, this one has weird cameos from Sunspot and Ooh. Okoye. Uh, Okoye? Is that? Um, yeah, Okoye from uh, Black Panther. The the oh. the the um the lady that plays uh michonne she played okay. her in the yeah, yeah. black and i can't think of her name but okay. uh but either way uh this iron fist series like if you're not into the the regular issues and you are into trades like when this comes out in a trade totally get it it's super fun it's got all of the like uh characters from the matt fraction run of iron fist um but it's a very much like just an epic like um basically like someone is is stealing the hearts of all the dragons that power the various uh immortal weapons and then iron fist and his ragtag group of um luke cage a troll and a dragon uh (laughs) are then trying to you know fix it nice i like it (laughs) To, I like to, it. to condense it all down um, <laughs> and it's got really good art by that guy that draws the turtles that you talked about what's that guy watched her dave watched her dave watched you said he was a turtle artist yeah I you said he was so, a turtle yes. artist either way he's got very much uh kind of uh um like almost like a travis cherist kind of vibe like uh mm. definitely like a 90s yeah. kind of um but like modern you know not like a yeah, big yeah. somebody like he's got his own style I dig. Influenced um, by with with which yeah. Anyway. We got an Iron Man number seven here. Uh continuing this Corvax this new Corvax saga. Um Okay. okay. Can I say this fucking issue of Iron Man is mm-hmm. awesome. Okay. I would actually say maybe the first the best comic I bought this week. It's what so good. About it is so good. This I one was- I There's was so on board. Fantastic. I've been on board since like number one. I read like one through five and I thought they were all great. And I kind of fell off because at this point I kind of have to spend my time getting the newer stuff so that I can know whether or not the new books are good and whether I want to keep carrying them and pushing them or whatnot. But what's going on? Um, what did I miss? So basically, the cover is amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so why I loved it is not what I'm going to describe <laughs> because it's a totally separate thing. Uh, but basically what's going on is that Korvac is, is basically pulling a Thanos, like a cinematic yeah. Thanos. He's trying to like change the universe, rearrange it so that certain things don't happen anymore because blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. Korvac, they're fighting him. The team that is, so Korvac is for some reason, his team is blizzard and uh the unicorn yes (laughs) and they're in a ship and they're flying through space and then iron man who had his neck broken in the previous issue he's human again now uh so he he has to wear his armor all the time because his neck's broken he's chasing him in a better ship because of course iron man makes a better ship than korvac um and he's got roadie with them he's got hellcat with them he's got scarlet spider with them He's got Misty Knight with him, and then he's got Frogman with him, and the Gargoyle, which is just, like, weird, but, like, 
there's the there's a moment where Misty Knight, the Gargoyle, the Scarlet Spider, and Frogman have a discussion about what it means to be a god in the Marvel Universe that is like one of the best things I've read in, in a Marvel comic in a long time. It's really good. <laughs> like, it's really good. And Gargoyle just like, there's like the, the quote from the comic is like Gargoyle with the mic drop. Like Gargoyle like hardcore mic drops the conversation. And it's really good because it's like, I can't remember... It's mm. almost, it feels like a Defenders comic in a yeah. weird way. Like, because a lot of these characters, right. like, even if they aren't part, I mean, obviously Gargoyle was a Defender, but like, um, his name's Isaac something. But he's like this really smart, he's got the spectacles and, you know, like his whole deal. Um, and there's a couple other people that are floating around this whole thing. And the thing is, like, I'm not going to say it's the best comic I read because I just remembered mm. another one that came out that's better. But, um, <laughs> But there was a couple moments in this that were really good. And genuinely, like, I don't think that I have found often comics will try to be funny. And sometimes they are funny. This comic is actually funny. Like, there's some really good humorous dialogue in this um, that is just really, really, really good. Um, And then at the end, there's, like, a weird plot twist that's just, like, what the fuck? Like, it's totally, like, it just it like segues into this whole like remember the ones where iron man goes to camelot and fights yes. dr doom and camelot yes, i do it's got that kind of a feel oh, no <laughs> okay but i'm in. not but yeah but yeah, not. yeah yeah i would ha- heartily recommend this awesome. run of iron man like this yeah. specific arc like yeah. totally enjoyable and this issue was really good the best of them nice um, and if you want to Love also it. out this week we do have the trade paperback for 1 through 5 so <laughs> That's a perfect way to get in there. Nice. Oh yeah, nice. that's how that's how you segue this. Um, yeah. Also, yeah. speak of the devil. Uh, another amazing Marvel book that is in trade paperback, and it's a there and done. You don't need to worry about it continuing on forever. The Juggernaut, no stopping now, five issue oh, series, which so is just good, super fun. It like just '90s nonsense, but like really fun '90s nonsense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never been more grateful that the Juggernaut was not a mutant because it's like you could actually do this fun like superhero story with him that doesn't yeah. involve like all this fucking crazy backdrop. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that so series was fun. It really was, and I don't know. I'm not going to say that this was my favorite issue of the week because I don't think it was because there was another comic this week that was <laughs> I, so I, fucking I good. It is. That is, uh, I can't, I can't say enough how good it is, but uh, I was so thrilled that there was a good justice league out this week. Like I didn't know yeah. how much I wanted to read a good justice league comic until I read it. And then I was like, Oh my God, this is such a fucking relief. Like, I'm so sick of these giant, insano, like, way too much hyper sci-fi, hyper everything. There's so much room to breathe in this comic. Mm. And more than that, it is the first time since the New 52 started that Green Arrow is portrayed as his character that he (laughs) had been up until that point. Yeah, like he's back to being the firebrand liberal pain in the ass to the team that he always was. And I I love that. Like, he's the one who's like, hey, ding dongs, you notice that we're all a bunch of white guys, you know, and it's like, oh, we really are. This is looking inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) 
and you know superman's like yeah you know it kind of is weird right (laughs) and so i i enjoy totally so and and to to address that we also clearly are going to get naomi on the team which i think is a really cool choice I'm well, really if so, about that. the thing that I would note about this Justice League is that it is literally the continuation of the Naomi miniseries. Mm. Like it, the villain of it is yeah, from Naomi's miniseries. It is like she's joining the team. She's it in is it, better written you know, than like Naomi's miniseries. I I liked her miniseries, but I think I this is this too. is much more enjoyable than that. Like I yeah. think that I think her whole thing being so so focused on this like wacky uh like magical powers like light power kind of thing made for a visually confusing book and uh yeah and also it's just that that kind of power set always bums me out for some reason i just i've never liked it like the reason that the reason that green lantern the green lantern gets away with it is because he's making stuff <laughs> like there's a yeah. boxing glove or whatever it's visually you get these fun cool little little cartoon things whereas naomi's just like sparklers so yeah but there's more to it that i think than that um i definitely like the coloring better on this justice league than her very glossy glowy yeah. shimmery photoshoppy kind of colors in her thing um but that said, uh, I loved that. I loved that miniseries. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was. So. It was a good story. It's just like, I mean, honestly, the worst thing about this comic for me is that <clears> the bad guy's name is Brutus. I was like, really, the best name you could come up with, is Brutus. Brutus the uh, barber. But then the other thing to, <laughs> um, then the uh, odorous is a much better name. <laughs> it is way better. Um, but uh, or beefcake the mighty, but. Um, <laughs> Jismac to uh, gusher. <laughs> you should just have Gore be the villain. Uh, there's a Justice League Dark backup by Rom V uh, that's also really good. Uh, I, I like it because it's like they've been, they kind of, Justice League Dark was like this huge storyline that went on for like 25 issues and it's nice to have a new, just like, uh, it was teased a little bit in Future State issues, um, but basically it's like Merlin as like the bad guy. I kind of like that, that yeah. whole deal. Yeah, so, me too. Um, it was great. Yeah, Justice League was good for sure. Excellent. Um, and also, you'll notice this week that we have all of the Snyder Cut covers. So, if that's a thing that you're into, we got them. Uh, actually, the, there is one. There's a couple of good ones. There's actually a Lieber Mayo cover that's really good. Um, yeah. It's weird. The Jim Lee cover sucks, and I mean. <laughs> That, that seems like maybe that's an I want to say that that's like a an exaggeration but I think that is maybe the worst Jim Lee cover I've ever seen hmm. that that might be an exaggeration but it is surprising like when I saw that that was Jim Lee I was like no it's not no th- this is mislabeled <laughs> and then I looked at it and I was like I guess it's signed by him I, I, how could that be this is no way there's no way I don't know. I think maybe he was contractually was, obligated and was like, well, fine, and fuck you. I'll do this. I did think that the the variant cover of Justice League that was the wraparound cover, yeah. which was just like that one poster from the teasers for for Infinite Frontier, I thought yes. was a little crappy because it's like it's a single 
cover with the Justice League and then the back cover is like all the Justice League adjacent titles. So it's really like it's all yeah. it's like Titans and Suicide Squad and Flash and Green Lantern and like really specific shit that doesn't have anything to do with Justice League. And I feel like yeah. if you're going to do like a big wraparound variant cover, like you should have it be like real. I don't know. I'm a big fan of like covers that relate to the shit that's inside the comic book. Oh, that's fair. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, I can see that, you know, but whatever. It was it was fine. And the the inside of the comic is really good. So and also the main cover was just kind of like it, I liked how it was like everybody's in shadow. Like you don't know it's Black Adam or Hippolyta or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, no. Like, agree. Um, so we got King and Black Spider-Man number one. This was an amazing book. I was really digging this. And it is the reintroduction of Reptile which I'm excited Ooh. about from Avengers Academy. Uh, the, yeah. the kid, what turns into dinosaurs? Uh, I guess he, I guess he's on some sort of cartoon. So I think that's why they're, they're pushing him, but this is like essentially a zero issue for the reptile series. That's coming out soon. There cool. is a, there is a number one for a new series featuring him. So uh, I was, I, I enjoyed it. I like him. And I liked the uh, I I always like it when like a new hero hangs out with Spider-Man and he's like, here's what you do. Come on, guys. We've got to do good stuff. And it's like, yeah, "Yeah, Spidey, go be a good person. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because like when Spider-Man was new, like that was like every time Spider-Man teamed up with someone else. It's like Captain America is going to show Spidey how the ropes go. Yeah, it's now Spidey's showing how reptile, how the the ropes go. Yeah, I agree. King Kong illustrated NECA figure. This is the uh, we, this is such a good figure. It's also it's all painted in the original 30s poster colors, so it's like really harsh blues and reds. They did the same thing for the Godzilla figure for the 56 uh, poster, and that thing sold out very quickly. And this is this is beautiful. I I absolutely yeah. I absolutely love it when they do this. Um, I, it's so good. It's amazing, and I promise whoever's listening that if they don't buy it, uh, I will buy it next <laughs> week. So uh, you know, Poifin. fair warning. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. It is pretty goddamn awesome. Uh, let me see what do we got here. We got a second printing of Maniac of New York number one. We got a Looney Tunes two fifty nine. We have. Uh, a book that I'm I'm not gonna lie I have no fucking clue what's going on in. We have Maria Lovett's Eros Psyche number one. This book I'm gonna look at the solicit actually. Oh, that doesn't fucking help at all. Um, it it actually does help now that I think about it. So it's saying La Rosa's female boarding school is paradise for young girls, but only if you follow the rules, because if you disobey them, you can end up expelled or even worse dead. Okay. I didn't get a lick of that from this fucking (laughs) first issue. Uh, They wander around. They make bracelets. Like some other stuff happens. It was like a fucking tone poem. It was like, I, I, I thought Say no that, more. Uh, yeah, I thought that they were just fucking with me and that there was no plot. But uh, you know what? It's it's a beautiful looking book. It's the the person who does all of those other weird sexy books that I can't remember the names of. Um, the fuck is the name of that book? 
Mm, oh well, whatever. You don't care. Nobody cares. It's fine. But you know what you care about? Marvel number six of six. Oh, holy shit. This is a good fucking comic book. <laughs> it sure it, is. It's a beautiful comic book. It is a beautiful comic book. <laughs> it, it The first story is uh, a Nick Fury agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. by Greg Smallwood. It's the best, the best. It is so, so good. If you're a fan of the Steranko classic, you know, I mean, no one's a fan of Steranko anymore because he's a crazy person uh, who's got some real bad takes. But uh, oh, does he really? Oh, no. Yeah, no. He's like like a million years old. We almost got him for our convention as an escape artist. Oh, wow. Like, wow. Did I tell um, you that? Yeah, no, you didn't. No, so, you did okay, not. So That's crazy. We had this one guy who was a, a comic creator who was also an escape artist. And we booked him. And he was like, hey, you know, um, I'm friends with Starenko. And we could probably get him here. And he still does his escape act from, like, he was like a Houdini-type magician escape yeah, artist yeah. and he still does his shit and he was like the two of us would do a thing together because we have done it before we've worked on stuff together doing this and i was like yes yeah please bring this yeah, yeah. bring we'll fly Starenko in if he wants to do it. and he got sick literally we were like this oh, close man. to getting Starenko. he got the flu and he was like i'm sorry man i can't travel and that sucked, but it would have been really cool yeah. if we could have had Jim Starenko do an cool escape. Too. Luckily, I don't know of yeah, any terrible yeah. shit he said, so I don't. So it doesn't affect me at all. Oh, it's it's a lot of like China virus stuff oh. and like you know just pro- real problematic stuff. He's Ten thousand. Um, also, years he old. did this. He is, and and I I'm not like gonna preach to anything. It's just like he's he's definitely. Uh, got some bad takes but he was a great artist and he did some crazy innovative shit and it was it's really cool to see an old school style nick fury uh like there's a there's like just like one panel in this where he's playing um he's playing uh blackjack with modok (laughs) like it's just like you know um but uh yeah, it's it's really good. And then there's a Lee Bermejo black and white Silver Surfer story that is like incredible. Like just, I mean, honestly, the 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 first story was like sight unseen. Like I'm gonna buy it for that. Like I wouldn't yeah. buy it for the the Silver Surfer thing, even though it is gorgeous and incredibly well illustrated. And then there's this Mitch O'Connell story that essentially story. I can't. You can't really call it's dr strange fighting nightmare but it's like just an excuse for him to draw like a crazy series of day glow like every marvel superhero that he likes and it's like every every page looks like a a third eye like 70s like but it's random like it's like totally but it's like also like the characters that is like archon and fin fang foom and you know just like the 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 blonde phantom and juggernaut that dr bong the guy that fought uh, howard, <laughs> howard the, duck. the duck howard the duck's arch enemy uh, dr bong yes 
Dr. Bong. Uh, so it's His cool. head and is a it's bell. Also, his head is a bell. Uh, and then there's like, it's just like, that's cool thing where it's like in art books and they, they designed it so that all the ads are in the back, which I always appreciate a comic where all the ads are in the back. Yeah. Um, I liked it. Marvel was fun. Awesome. Um, we got a, my little pony friendship is magic. Number 95. And we have wow. 95, no, 95. Uh, listen, I was listing the trades on our website for all the My Little Pony so that we have all the My Little Pony trades on our website. And going through it, I had to, in order to find the images, I was like fanning through every cover image that they released. There are like a hundred different covers for number one. There are like 60 covers for number two, 60 covers for number three. It was just like pages and pages of these covers. And I was like, when does this fucking end? And there's reprints and like, oh my God. God, just let it end. It was like for for a ninety five issue series. I think there were five hundred and fifty images. So like that's the number of variant covers they've done. That's like the first time I've been like, man, I'm glad I don't have Tristan's job. Yeah, that. (laughs) that. Uh, honestly, I wish I could have gotten Glenn Danzig to do a variant cover for us for the My Little Pony comic, but wow, that would have been, I would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would have been worth doing because in, it's, in it's that really whole, got to work in that, in that whole weird incident that I chronicle in the first fucking magazine that we did where Danzig came into the store and we weirdly hung out for a really long time. Um, I sold him blank My Little Pony comics. This is why I mention it. He bought My Little Pony blanks from us in order to do cover art and throw them on his website. So he was doing like little like skeleton ponies that were drawn by Glenn Danzig. And I was like, fuck, if if only I had known, I would have... <laughs> I mean, what, what that, amount of money can you... Day- <laughs> yes that was the day you, you dropped the ball i did drop the ball, dude i i mean in a lot of ways i dropped the ball i was so i mean again i i wrote all about this in that so that i wouldn't forget about it basically that's why i put it in the magazine but danzig gave me his fucking email address his personal email address that day and i threw it away intentionally and that was I still don't know if that was the right move, but I, I, I had such, the, I don't know. I mean, I met my childhood hero. He didn't punch me. He didn't say anything offensive that ruined everything for me. He was funny. He was like really fun to hang out with. He gave me a present at the end of the fucking day. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And I was like, if I push this any further, it's going to ruin this whole thing. And the fact that he gave me his personal email address, I was like, I'm going to send him a message and he's going to be like, did I tell you that abortion clinics have are selling babies to, you know, like, or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I don't need it. I was just like, I'm, I'm happy with where I am. <laughs> and, yeah. And, I well, think and also, I'm, you know, that like when shit, you know, eventually does, then it seems like it's, we're getting closer and closer to those days. So like, yeah. When, bands start coming again like he'll come back and if he comes back he's gonna come to your store 
Damn. You'll so, see him again. Fingers crossed. Maybe he'll ruin it this time. <laughs> There's always time for me to get punched. You never know. My fingers are crossed that he won't. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, okay, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the most one of the most exciting things that happened this week. That would be somebody fucking fixing Nightwing. Uh, <laughs> holy shit. Yes. I mean, if ever if ever a number one reset was needed for a series, it's this one. But we have number yes. 78 being the first issue in the newly not ruined Nightwing series. I'm yes, I, I have hated Nightwing. I've hated. I mean, obviously, the fucking Rick Grayson stuff was so stupid, like beyond uh. stupid. It was just terrible. Yes. And then when it came back, it wasn't that much better. It didn't really improve all that much just by coming back. And this is... Uh, I mean, it only had like a couple issues. Because he came back during Joker War, which was immediately oh, before. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, he had like one issue where he was back. Yeah, but this is different. This is... This is back. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, there. I mean, I brought it up earlier to you and... I, I know people are going to have this complaint, so I just want to say it. Yes, it is very much like Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. The, definitely they have borrowed some story elements very, very liberally from that story. However, I have so much faith in this creative team that I don't care. Um, and to be fair... It's really I'll, surfaced. It, it, I think you're right, and I think that's true. I think it's just that there's such big elements. The fact that he owns an apartment building and the fact that he mm. adopts a dog are like the two central goddamn concepts in Hawkeye. Yeah. The fact that the dog eats zero pizza, I think, makes it all okay. If the dog had eaten pizza, I would have been like, hey, guys, come on. Pizza dog is Hawkeye. Come on. But... Uh, this holy shit! It's a great issue. Um, and from a from a story telling yeah storytelling standpoint, it's got some like hilarious uh, uh, Blake Snyder things going on with it, where he uh, literally has a save the cat moment with the dog at the beginning to establish who he is as a character. You're like, oh. Yeah. You you read that book, huh? <laughs> it's uh, it, it works. But uh, yeah, he does save yeah. the cat. Uh, in this case, the cat is a dog and it's, but it's cool. It's, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's basically taking all of the elements of Nightwing as a solo character that have worked over the years and distilling them into like a new approach mm -hmm. that is just like, of course will last like one year exactly. And then be like retroactively like done away with or whatever, but like the return of Rick Grayson. Oh, the return of just whatever, like they'll, there's no way like this i love it too much for to believe that it will last <laughs> for any kind of like length of time but um it's great it's great yeah. uh i feel like yes it does obviously like have like surface level similarities yep. to the to the uh, hawkeye to the hawkeye thing um but the visual approach is def definitely very different oh absolutely and uh and i do think like these guys did so many cool things with suicide squad that like if you based suicide squad even though number one of their run of suicide squad was really good you would have no idea where it was going to go by issue four or five yeah. um so i don't in any way think that like no. what's going on now is no. going to be where we are I exactly at least 
uh, a few issues from now. Um, and we're talking about Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo are the yes. creative team. And they literally just like they did 12 issues of Suicide or 11 issues of Suicide Squad that were so good. And then immediately this is their new thing. And I was overjoyed to hear that. Yep. they were the team on this and the issue was great there's like some really good alfred stuff in it yeah um yeah you know and that's, everything that was... involving alfred right now is melancholy because they executed him in yes. a tom king comic book <laughs> but uh, i will but, say uh, that you know. i that is the thing that i really appreciated about this book uh and all of like all of this week of dc comics i think this week is a really establishing the heart of DC comics, like returning the soul of DC comics to where it needs to be. And it's, it's what I've felt for a long time where it's like, you know, DC comics has fun characters and they'll throw them at the wall and do weird stuff with them. But it's very rare in the last five years that you have books that have any kind of real heart to them. I mean, Honestly, that's yeah. all I can say is that they don't they don't feel uh, I don't even know how to say the it. reason I think for that is that basically like the the storytelling approach to DC for and and I think even to Marvel and other books, too. So I don't like specifically mm-hmm. single out DC, but to use it, what they do is like they break the character or, you know, kill the character or, or do whatever it is that like takes everything that you love about the character yeah. and this like discards it completely. And then do, they'll do a bunch of stories that way. And then that way they build it back up. But what has happened over the last bunch of years is that they never really built it back up. Right. They would they've destroy stayed, everything. They've stayed and deconstructionist. Like, yeah. 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 And they just stayed all fucked up. And I, I don't know if that was Dan DiDio or if it was like, like I've always said, like that there was no real editorial mandate to like, you know, like it, rebirth kind of felt like someone finally was like, okay, let's yeah. like make DC like what it should be. And we'll talk about like later, I mean, obviously we got to move on past Nightwing, but like, we'll talk about Superman and stuff at some point because there's still yes. fair more, oh, more comics um and you know there's things that work and it just feels like that dc has finally figured out that like let's do the shit that works about these things and make comics that people enjoy yeah because like yeah why are you doing it otherwise like i don't want (laughs) to read about like i mean it's one thing to read a comic book about a character that kills everybody like you know if you want that like there's the punisher there's whatever you know it's like but like i don't want to read a comic about a character that like does cool things to save people all of a sudden starting to kill people or whatever right. it is, you yeah. know, like I'm just throwing. No, it's, out. it's, it feels, I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree. So let's go on. Uh, we got uh Noctera number one. We finally got the glow in the dark covers in. It's you cool. know, it was from the same order, but I guess they just took, took longer to get there. Um, we got those. They're cool. I love that book. Uh, Norse mythology volume one hardcover is out orcs number two which is the fun oh. sort of like kids take on yeah. you know D world with orcs we got origins yeah. number five out of six of a six issue miniseries we've got i think uh, or- origins is a trade yeah it definitely I like is. it but it's a, it's a trade it's a like, trade read like most boom stuff i think it's trade um orphan and five beasts number one from james stokoe uh, Oof. wow. 
thunder thighs. <laughs> His this is like definitely he was watching Five Venoms and Ricky O like at the same time and taking acid and like something got stuck in his head and he was like, I'm jamming these two concepts together and it's awesome. I mean, it's, it is awesome. It, it feels like they, there's a lot of story of Ricky. O and like also a fist of North star in this. Uh, I definitely feel the fist of North star slash Ricky O influence, which are, if you have are not you, watched, are you referring to Ricky O the story of Ricky, the story, the story of Ricky. Yes. Uh, oh my God. So good. Uh, yeah. There's one scene with a horse in this, like don't buy this comic book. If you love animals and don't like to see them get killed, get exploded. <laughs> I would say that uh, <laughs> it's cartoonish to yeah. the extreme, but uh, you might not love every aspect <laughs> of this, this, this comic experience, but James Stokoe is so fucking good. Yep. And uh, it's just great to see him let loose. Like I miss yeah. orc stain. I wish it had continued on for yeah, whatever yeah. reason. It's clearly not ever going to come out again. Uh, no. um, so in that instance, like this definitely like satisfies, it's actually in, in a lot of ways, very similar story to orc stain. Yeah, except um, it's it's definitely more rooted in the kung fu movie. Oh yeah, yeah genre. Yeah. It is. It, it's literally like what you couldn't do with a kung fu movie because of the limitations of budget and things like that. Uh, just adding in demons and craziness, and again, Fist of North Star level, big o- oversaturated evil villains. It's, it's so <laughs> goddamn good. And of course, yeah, it's you know, really the, good. Orphan the and the Five insane. Beasts. Orphan and the Five Beasts from Dark Horse Comics. Get it. Uh, Perhapanot's first blood trade paperback. Hooray! Uh, Scout released nice. uh, the Perhapanot's thing. I should say Black Caravan released the uh, the Perhapanot's. So we've got the uh, we got the whole four issue arc in this one story. Awesome! I love I love these cool. guys. Um, yeah, their stuff is so. wonderful. That guy's awesome. Yep. Who's Todd the other? Craig. It's Todd Dezago. Yeah. Dezago is that his last name? Yeah. Dezago. I think so. And Rico Renzi. Yeah. Those are the ones. Ah. Yes. Yeah. Um, we have stuff that didn't come in last week, which was Proctor Valley Road number one. Uh, we should probably talk about that, even though it's a week late. This is the uh, hey, yeah Grant Morrison. Uh, adjacent comic book it's uh yeah it's grant morrison with a co-writer and uh i would easily say this is the best boom comic books comic book i've read hands down wow like it's just like the art is like that boom style like apex nice it's like if you like that like that style of cartooning uh like it is i've never seen it done better it's very much like, um, like I, I don't know, like the story behind this. This feels like a Netflix show. It yeah, feels like uh, uh, it it's like Stranger Things, like very, very Stranger Things vibe, where it's like a group of kids, and there's a town, and there's a supernatural horror, and it's a first issue. You know, you don't really yeah, get yeah. like the, uh, but the design of the fucking supernatural horror that's in it is yeah. is brilliant um and it just it's essentially it's like a tease it, it introduces the characters and then sets up the mystery but it's like it's a very like scooby-doo kind of like 
dynamic in terms of like it's four different and it's a multiracial cast and um all that but i really liked it i really liked it a lot and tamara bond villain does the uh colors and the art is by naomi franquise and uh naomi franquise is probably from mm-hmm. something that i don't know but and, i loved the art in this and it's as, really good. as we've said many times tamara bon showing up on a book kind of means you should read it it's weird yeah. like i don't know what her deal is if she's got some sort of thing where she's like no, this sucks. I'm not doing it. And she just <laughs> turns down work constantly. But every book that I see her as the colorist for tends to be amazing. Yeah. It's, no, it's she, her and Dave Stewart are like colorists. Yeah. That, like if they're on the book, like I'm her. And then Matt Hollingsworth is the other one that like I like Hollingsworth just will take, like, but Hollingsworth will take any gig as long as they pay him his crazy amount of money and put his name on the book. You know, I think I think Hollingsworth will take pretty much anything. Maybe I'm crazy, but it seems like he works the first colorist that I like sat up. Hollingsworth and Dave Stewart were the two like like I'm sure there's others that if I really like went back and searched my brain and like, you know, but like those were like the first to me, like rock superstar colorists. Like uh Hollingsworth on Hellblazer with Sean Phillips was like uh, the first time I like noticed that like, okay, like this is fucking an extra level to this art. Yeah. And, like, um, I don't know. Like I love that was, I don't know why that was like a watershed moment for me. Well, there were I mean, other high but, points of coloring before that. But, but he is, he is also one of the first colorists to, to basically say, no, you're, you're putting my fucking name on the book and I get, you know, I get residuals. I'm part of the creative process. You know, yeah. quit just pretending that I'm like a fucking car mechanic. I'm not. I'm I'm an artist. Yeah, now. And you need to you need to fucking respect it. And you know, I I appreciate that about him because then he has definitely opened it up for other colorists who really deserve yeah. to be to be recognized for their for their work. I mean, yeah, that's cool. And it's something that I didn't I didn't really appreciate until fairly recently. So it's it's. There's good stuff. So, um, let's see. Uh, Radiant Black but, number two is a is a comic book. Eh, I could care less about the first issue. Don't know. Wasn't really my thing. Uh, Revolver trade paperback. Matt Kent, uh, his old thing with uh, with old what's his name? Um, isn't this? Uh, oh no, it's just Matt Kent. Thought this was Matt Kent and somebody else. This is not a Matt Kent book I am familiar with, but I don't. I'm not all in on him. Like, yeah, this this is from like forever. He gets me a lot, but I think Revolver was even like a Vertigo book. It, it, this was out a long time ago. Oh yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, ads for it anyway. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I remember it had ads. Um, No, I remember ads for it in comic books. uh, I often remember a lot of movies that way too. That's fair. Uh, I mean, how can you forget uh, uh, Dr. Giggles? Right. It was advertised on the back of every Dark Horse comic for two full years, it seems like. (laughs) So, you know. Yep. And then you watched it and you realized why. It was because it's a fucking masterpiece. Uh, Anyway, guys, do you remember Zoids? Well, they're bad. And uh, in pog form, no, they're they're back in regular form, and these are awesome. Uh, 
Zoids are really fun, and they're I love I love the fact that these are just basically Hasbro just bought the molds or even didn't buy the molds and just started repackaging Japanese toys because these are full on straight up right out of Japan. Like the little characters look like anything that you would buy on the street in Tokyo. Yeah, they look like Dragon Ball guys. Yeah, they're they're so so very Japanese, and it, it's awesome. Uh, the American packaging sucks, but the actual toy itself is like super Japanese. Um, yeah. Cool stuff. They so look cool. Yeah. So if you're into these, they are back. Uh, Sheriff of Babylon trade paperback. This is the complete Sheriff of Babylon, finally. So, wow. Cool. You know? It's. Uh, it that's, was a thing. Uh, t- is that that's, Tom King? That's Tom King and Mitch Gerard's thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good book. It was it was definitely the yep. reason that people paid attention to Tom King was this book. Nice. Uh Spider Woman number ten is out. Did not read she's it. She's mad as hell and she has not taken it anymore. That does appear to That's be all I can the tell you about case. That. <laughs> um Star Trek Year Five number nineteen is out. Star Wars Adventures number four is out. Star Wars Bounty it's Hunters. The most- Oh my god, that cover is so good. That the Francovilla Chewbacca cover of Star Wars Adventures is the best. It's yeah. unfortunate that nothing even approaches as good as it is on the inside, but yeah, it's still it's unfortunate. Fun. Uh Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 10 and we finally have the trade paperback for uh Zadarsky and Perez's uh Stillwater, which I would highly recommend. Oh, nice. This is this is definitely one that I decided I was going to read in trade as opposed to read in issues. After about the second issue, I was like, no, 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 I need to I need to just plow through this as a chunk. So, uh, high high recommendations on that. It was a great book. So, and people who have finished that arc said that it was a really it was worthwhile. All right, let's talk about it. Superman, red and blue. I have only one complaint about this comic, and that is that it is square bound, and I wish that I could pull it completely <laughs> wide open to really appreciate the I art. I agree. I actually uh, agree with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I don't. I don't understand square bound comic books at all. No. I get rid of them. I need a staple. I need to be able to open the fucking comic. Yeah. But anyway, outside that, of that, this is this was the reason that that my 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 statement about DC's heart returning was here i have not read Uh a superman comic that got to him being a kind childlike just his only problem is worrying about about caring too much is basically his weakness that's like and it even says it in this there's actually a panel where it's like, I never don't care or whatever. And it just like a really important moment of like, he cares. That's it. That's all I needed. DC, all I needed was for you to bring that part of Superman back for me to care about him is just him being just so hopeful. And that, that was always his thing. And basically they took away the hope and it's kind of been gone for years and it's back mm-hmm. and it makes me really happy. Yeah, the art is 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 just total eye candy. It's really yeah. honestly oh, yeah. it is genuinely very hard like and and I know this from experience as I said to Tristan in the store earlier to do a comic with a red, white and blue color palette. 
it, and not have it just scream like America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they definitely do a very, very good job. Uh, so the coloring on this should not be um, in any way. Uh, you've got Jordi Belair uh, and uh, let's see, Ron Chan, Wes Craig doing colors on his story. Um, Danny doing colors on her story. Um, Jill Thompson. Oh, it's, Jill Thompson. It's, it's really good. Uh, the one, my favorite, and I think, I don't know why, because it's not, I don't think it's like necessarily like the best story in there. I think all the stories are really good, but I love the one that's set on the parallel world where there's no color. I think it's just yeah. like such a fun idea for a book like this. So it starts yeah, out with this that. like total black and white, like very Frank Miller. That's the one that Danny did the art on. Um, and then it's like, but it's got a very like Frank Miller vibe, like golden age versions of Superman and Batman's in it as well. And then like the color kind of comes in at the end and it like says something. And that one is written by Dan Waters, who is another like writer I'm watching now, like does really good stuff. This was a really good book. I, yeah. I dug it. Um, I mean, like I said, the only issue I had with it is square bound, not stable bound. Yeah. Uh, it just, I don't know if I have anything to add. The Jill, the Jill Thompson was amazing because it was sort of the, uh, it was just a, a Superman as a child story. And it was really yeah. just like, it was, it was mostly like inside his head, the things that he was thinking about and how he was like trying to make friends and how, he, what he learned from his parents that allowed him to make friends as a child and like made how it shaped his decisions. And it's just, it was a fun thing that also again got to the heart of who he was as a character or who he should be definitely. as a character. Uh, and definitely, definitely. Damn it. I loved it. Um, and yeah, something that did not get to the heart of Superman as a character would be the reign of Superman series. And we have that in trade, <laughs> but it got uh, to the heart of the cyborg Superman. It did stuff. actually, and I did like Cyborg Superman, and I actually enjoyed that character. So there are there there are shining moments in Reign of Superman. Absolutely, yeah. uh, my I mean, favorite part Superboy about Cyborg Superman is that my favorite part favorite favorite part about Cyborg Superman is that he's Reed Richards. Yeah, that I makes just sense. think that's cool. Yeah. No, I mean he literally is Reed Richards. Oh, really? Yeah, Is like his the... first appearance, which I had from uh, it, it was a Dan Jurgens did a Fantastic Four riff where it was the origin of the Fantastic Four, but instead they all died because like they all basically right. like got like cancer and got all fucked up or whatever. And the Reed Richards character, which was named Hank Henshaw, yep, with the alliteration and all that, yep. that character ended up being brought back a couple issues later. Uh, he had become like he was basically like turning into a computer and he ended up downloading his brain into a computer and then ended up becoming the cyborg Superman after that. That's amazing. But he is literally Reed Richards. I had never read that. That's crazy. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Huh. Pretty Weird. Cool. Uh, sword number four, King and Black tie in uh, Tales from nice. the Umbrella Academy trade paperback. You look like death. Number one is out. That's also INJ Colbard. Yes, it is. Um, and we've got uh, Thor, number 13. Just like those fucking oh. Spider-Man issues, we uh, they're all damaged, but uh, what a good book. Oh, no. Yeah, this is actually a fantastic book uh, with some cool, very, very cool cameos. 
uh and oh oh my god badass and the last yeah. dish, the last page like just like <laughs> donny cates is really uh he knows how to kill it with a final page yes like, he does he more than anybody he knows how to how to make a like a cliffhanger last page yeah and that I is, mean, it is so goddamn badass it is it, especially i mean the thing is like it it does require you to know like there's no backstory in the right. story telling you what that means and i won't like get into it sure just why don't i spoil but like that's the only complaint i would have is like someone who didn't know what that was would just kind of be like huh but most people do so fair i mean it, fuck. i mean i thought it was rad i was like it oh, was shit, in the first cool. Thor movie <laughs> oh yeah that's true it is from the movie so good point maybe that's why maybe that's why they were cool with it we've got tmnt ongoing number 115 uh that's a thing. Um, this is the first appearance of Toka and Rezar in the in the comics. They're bringing in the characters from the the movie, the second movie. So that's okay. Why not? <laughs> you get you get a Toka and you get a Rezar. Uh, I love Rezar. Rezar mm-hmm. is my favorite. I don't know I which no one is which. I no idea uh, what we're talking about. We've got uh, Last Ronin director's cut. So. Another Turtles book. We've got the Transformers Back to the Future crossover that everybody loves so very much. I don't know that anybody is reading that, but it is crazy <laughs> that they did it. I'm, I'm happy it seems surprising that. to me that no one's reading it. It actually does. I mean, I'm always blown away by what IDW can get the property holders to allow when they're like, hey, we're doing a Ghostbusters Turtles crossover. It's shocking that the people that own the Ghostbusters rights were like, sure, do it. <laughs> Fucking put turtles in it. And that the X Files people were like, Oh, you wanna do a do you wanna do a Transformers X Files crossover? Sure, do it. It's like, yep, that's fine. I think I think the prevailing uh wisdom is like no one gives a shit. About I think cops. that's it. I think <laughs> I think that because they can they can get under it. I mean, when they made the Transformers My Little Pony crossover I thought that they had perhaps gone as far as they could but I was wrong Uh, I mean when they it's great synergy because they then later did like figures for all of this stuff so like when they made Ghostbusters My Little Pony crossover they made figures so there are like (laughs) My Little Ponies in Ghostbuster gear you know Oh wow! of course why not Hey, um, made him a buck, I guess. Exactly. I, don't know. Speak- I think they should have team ups with brands. Like they should do like Transformers Easy Bake Oven. Yes, Transformers or, you know. meets Libby canned peas. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bushes baked beans meets. Oh fucking shit! Superman. Fuck it. That would be great. Uh, him and the beans dog you know like that dog from finally corporate synergy the talking dog yes roll that beautiful footage superman um (laughs) exactly so we we have some more reaction figures in we've got the transformers uh we've got a blaster figure which is awesome and the dirge figure both look pretty cool uh trials of ultraman number one issue is out it has a beautiful Peach Momoko cover that just blows my mind. It is like 
I want it as a tattoo. I I love it so much. Uh, but, wow. Uh, I wish I had done a video. I would have seen it. I did not see it. <laughs> might be a little frilly for a tattoo, but um, we got Truth and Justice number two. That is uh, uh, also like a nice ground level Superman story, yeah. uh, like where he like intervenes in like regular crime and saving people on Earth as opposed to like saving the entire Earth as this embodiment of like whatever. Yeah, it was good. I, I actually liked it. Um, the It was a little like kind of like indie feeling like like yeah. not necessarily like your big name pro style art but like uh but just felt so it felt kind of fun like a fan nice. fans of superman doing a comic of superman what i like about it doesn't suck this cover i find interesting every time like mm. i see him with the like henry rollins neck and the big thick face <laughs> that's always confusing yeah. to me i like i i liked when they kind of christopher reeves him in the comics i enjoy yeah. that look um and there is a i remember talking to somebody who drew superman at one point i can't remember which artist it was but he was talking about how much he hated drawing superman for dc because they were like so like everything has to be perfect you got to make sure that the curl is in the exact right place and that they were really like like knocking him down about all that shit. And I was like, Oh yeah, that, that sounds right. And then I've been going through this collection that has Superman books from the last 30 years. And I'm like, that's not true. These (laughs) one of them, he looks like fucking Bob's big boy. I'm like, nobody nobody gives a shit about what you have. You draw Superman. His, sometimes his head is as big as his chest in some of these. Oh yeah, no. (laughs) There's no no consistency. Yeah, this book is like this artist, uh, Janoy Lindsay. I've never seen. uh, It's got like almost like a like you can tell this artist really likes Paul Pope. Oh, I would say. Um, But it's like it's got a very like uh, Eastern feel, like the art. Um, So it's it's interesting. I I just liked it because it was like it's a right. Yeah, like, I, it's just, I, I but, didn't get a chance to check it out. Jesus Christ, this guy looks like uh, Ben Bishop. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Sure, um, I think Ben's a little better than this, but uh, I think so too. Like, I but I mean, but it's stuff. interesting that it's in his style. That, yeah, huh. it's um, it was cool. I like that it's like got like an Eastern style, yeah. like a manga almost, like adjacent yeah. kind of style, but like kind of hybrids that the, you know, like it, it's just, it's nice. It's you funny. Know, like I, it I like reminds it. me of Indian comics is what it's reminding me of. Like something yeah. well, from I India. Well, I think John Noy is probably Indian. I don't know. That sounds right. It reminds me of a lot of the stuff that I've seen that, that has come out of India. Also, I love <laughs> the like constant use of zip tone. There's a lot of like, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of zip tone thrown down on those pages, and I love that. Um, always cool. Yeah, totally. Um, and the, also like the Daniel Warren Johnson. I, so I noticed it first with Daniel Warren Johnson how he draws speed lines, like and kind of blurs yeah, yeah. out like the edges yep. of things. And now I'm starting to see it in more like mainstream art uh, here and there. And like people I wonder that grew if up on Akira. Is- Definitely. There's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Akira in a lot of people now, like the Daniel Warren Johnson's, especially of the world. Yeah, You see a lot of that influence. Um, yep. 
we got an Ultraman trade paperback for the Rise of Ultraman series that just got done, which was fun. And we have the best comic of the week and the yeah, year. Yeah, we're in agreement on this. Eternity and uh, just the best thing that has ever existed in the history of humankind. Uh, <laughs> that would be Ultra Mega by James Heron. Holy fuck. What yeah. a goddamned book. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, and it's a beast too. Now this is an eight dollar comic that is worth every Absolutely. penny of its eight dollars. This Absolutely. if this was a thirty page comic. It, it's a sixty four page comic, yeah. <laughs> if it was thirty pages, I would pay eight bucks for it. It is I this is so goddamn good. It's like it's it's one of those things where like fans of the kaiju concept put up with a lot of garbage. Like a lot of us will watch anything. We'll watch all of them. You know, you watch ultra seven, you watch all this other shit and you're like, yeah, you know, half the episodes are terrible. And then you watch the 60s stuff because it's like, I enjoy this genre and I love the concepts around it. Imagine that. And then you fix it and make it really good and really extreme and really crazy it's all the things you love about it, only it's the best told version of the kaiju mythos ever. I mean, I was I was saying that it felt like, to me, how if Invincible was Superman at Image, this is Ultraman at Image. This is just like visceral, gory, intense crazy futuristic awesome ultraman i yeah i could not well, love it, this anymore heron talks about in the the postscript of it like how he doesn't really know that like he loves this kaiju kind of world yeah. and this this like giant wrestling kind of thing yeah but like doesn't really know a lot about it uh and i think that really works for me it as does. someone who is like more of a casual fan of the genre like i like the idea of it um but he leans like hard, hard into the body horror piece. Yes. <laughs> but does some really cool, like, it's really, he's just a, like I was saying to you, like, I just, I, I think he's my favorite artist right now. Like he, when he, he was doing Rumble, I love that. Yeah. When he's, he's done some DC stuff, like a little bit, like here and there, it's been really fun. Um, but like this, like there's just so much like really like horrific imagery, but then just on the scale, that's like insane. Like what happens when uh, Ultraman gets his head torn off, <laughs> uh, you know, like, yeah. oh, the city drowns in rivers of blood yeah. that he then illustrates like and I, I know it's a little bit of a spoiler, but it's not really because the coolest thing about it is the way it plays with scale, I think. Yes. where it's like it's the human aspect of like it's a human guy that becomes this ultraman kind of beast and so it's like there's like his life and his family and then it goes in a direction at the end that like really like i'm really excited for where the next issue oh, is yeah. like uh like very much that the last page is just like or the last two pages of it are like like that's cool like i can't wait to see like where that goes yeah i i'm I am thrilled. This is, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't express how happy I am with this book. It is, it's yeah. one of the best things that has come through here in years. And I just, 
I I'm so glad that it exists and dear God, I yeah. hope they make it into a movie, but, uh, <laughs> oh, I, man. It would have I to be doubt a it. it. I, I, it, I would, it I would want be. it as a cartoon. I would want it as a live action, but I know that they wouldn't do it. I want it as like a, a you know, a $500 million trauma movie is what I want, sure. but I don't think I mean, that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, I don't, I can't <laughs> imagine, like some of the visual effects in this, like I can't imagine how you would do it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess anything's possible. Uh, I just, um, I think also like Dave Stewart, colorist. So yeah. uh, we shot, we shouted him out earlier, and I think it's worth shouting him out again. Like he is uh, a superstar and as much a part of why this book is awesome as James Heron is. Yeah. yeah, for me, it's just all about like, like movement in comics and like the the way time is indicated like the passage of time is indicated and one thing that's really cool about Aaron is that like he never there's always a border between the panels like unless it's like a big splash page and the border the panel border is really like not a lot of art arty art guys like forget the border (laughs) yeah but the border is that space in time that exists between the two panels and without it there is something I think missing from the comics and Heron never forgets that. Like he may, he, he's not like doing like, I mean, he is kind of doing like, so there's some patterns here, but like everything is like, he plays with it, but there's always space between the panels. There's always air. I think you even said this like, um, and it's cool. And then like the horror aspect of the, the, like I don't know. It's oh hard God. to talk about it too much it's, without spoiling. Yeah, there's so a much lot that, the that could be spoiled, but it is also just it's it really is. It it's it's kaiju invincible is like kind of kind of where it's at. And then with yeah. James Heron's art. Yeah. And like I mean, and, and like a little bit of like almost like MC Escher quality to yeah, some of it too. Yeah. Like I love when uh I don't know if it's like the is it Hecate or is it like um he says who it's like not it's i'm trying to think of like it's some i thought it was medusa at first but it's not um but there's like a a character that's Mm -hmm. like a hecate medusa type elder beast kind of um and like when she moves through the panel like he plays with like where he places her it's not just like up and down vertical it's like he does some cool shit with it like he's just but there's a flow to all of his art and that's what i love about him and artists like darwin cook and like you know just where there's movement it's like you can tell like to some extent like they've found a way to like polish movement like you can feel the movement of like their their arms as they make it you know yeah I, i always respond to that i agree and uh, like this is going to be this is going to be very anticlimactic, but uh, we'll go through the rest of them too. <laughs> Listen, there's a vampire. Oh yeah, there's more out. comics. I'm sorry, I thought that was the last one for some reason. Yeah, I, I should have saved it for the last one. But uh, Vampirella Dark Powers. There's an. Uh, they've reprinted the Usagi Yojimbo uh, saga trade paperbacks. So those giant phone book sized Usagis are out again. We got number cool. one back in stock. Number two was like $400 for a while. So it's like, it's cool that they're redoing these. Uh, we got Walking Dead Deluxe number 11. 
uh, X-Force number 18, and that is all we got. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Yeah. So yeah, we ended cool. up talking a lot. We were like at the beginning, you're like, oh, a small week, but it's like there was actually a lot of books worth talking about. Yeah, there was a lot of really, really good stuff. The 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 quality was crazy. So yeah, holy shit, we talked way too long. Anyway, so since we're at the hour and a half mark, sorry. Whoa. Uh, oh my god. We will uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. You should go to CoastCityComics.com and buy stuff. You should follow us at um, actually Comics and uh, at CoastCityComics on Instagram. Uh, hit us up. Uh, you can subscribe through us. You can do all these other things. Please come to us for your comic book needs. And uh, we will see you next week. Good night, Bob. Good night. Sorry I talked so much. One wish, I wish it's all the way.